You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Five in the chase to meet you. My name is Nick. I'm the lead pastor here at Calvary, and we're just so blessed to have you with us. And those watching online, we're blessed that you could join us. And today, we're kicking off a new series called Don't Be an Idiot. Don't be an idiot. Sounds funny. Um, Maybe you're like, that's a little too brash for church, but uh, we're walking through the book of Proverbs, and in Proverbs, a number of times, it says, don't be a fool. So we, we kind of took that through the filter of the office, if you've seen the office, um, and uh, modern language, and said, don't be an idiot, and it's not to be harsh, it's to say, how can we as a church, how can we as followers of Jesus pursue wisdom? And uh, to kick off this series, we are blessed to have with us today Pastor Lance O'Brien. And Pastor Lance uh, served in the 90s as youth pastor here, more recently has served uh, to oversee our, uh, and lead our Calvary Unplugged, our Saturday night service for a while. And uh, him and his wife, Jen, moved uh, a little further away. And we were just so blessed to have them with it, him with us today. He also serves as one of our pastor advisory team. So we have a, a four pastors on our pastor advisory team that help provide uh, general oversight, especially uh, at difficult times. And uh, we're just blessed to have his wisdom and his insight, and more specifically, I'm blessed to have him as a good friend, and so you put your hands together this morning for Pastor Lance O'Brien. Hey, thanks. Morning. How you doing? Awesome. I feel like I've been transported into the office this weekend. Um, if you're a fan of the series, I actually did a wedding yesterday, and the couple was Jim and Pam. Um, so I found that to be quite ironic, all things being done. Of all the weddings I've done over the years, uh, that's my first Jim and Pam wedding. Uh, so, and uh, again, if you're a fan of The Office, you know that Michael Scott, the moronic boss, comes to Dwight Schrute. Uh, the straight-laced individual one time during the series and asks him, what's the most important thing or the best advice I ever gave you in your life? And he said, don't be an idiot. Uh, and then in true office fashion, it cuts to a cut scene where he's giving an interview and he said, when I think about doing something, I ask myself, would an idiot do this? And if an idiot would do this, I don't do those things. So that's really what we're going to try to do in kicking off this series this morning is how do we not be stupid people who do stupid things? So have you ever done something stupid? Probably this week, right? Some of you did some stupid stuff this morning, right? You know, like we're good at doing stupid things. And if there was ever a sermon series for someone else. So just take a minute, look at your neighbor, the person sitting next to you and say, this sermon series is for me. This sermon series is not for you. You know, I'm the, I'm the one that sometimes is an idiot. I'm the one that sometimes does moronic things. And, you know, the, the, the really interesting thing, if you think it's bad for you, think about this. I haven't been here for a year, and Pastor Nick thought I would be the perfect person to launch this series. So, I mean, if that's not a preaching endorsement, I have never heard of a preaching endorsement in my lifetime. So, anybody here ever heard of a man named John Kilcullen? John Kilcullen. 
I didn't think so. He was a young man who in 1981 graduated from Fordham University, one of the most prestigious universities in New York City in the state of New York. And at the time, he was an avid reader, loved books, and he had this idea for books that he really wanted to do, and he was hoping he could make his dream become a reality. And along the way, a lot of people told him he was crazy for this idea, and he took an internship initially at one of the biggest ad agencies in New York City, and then they offered him a full-time job. And he ended up turning it down to become a traveling textbook salesman. So he spent the next two years of his life cold calling on the phone, cold calling in person, professors in Massachusetts, in Vermont, all over the the Northeast, and, and trying to sell them textbooks for their students. Well, a lot of window time, a lot of time to think, a lot of passion, a lot of people still telling him he was crazy, that this self-help book series he was thinking about doing would never matter to anything. And then 10 years later, DOS for Dummies was born. Anybody ever seen the black and gold books for dummies? Black and gold Dummies. I'm a Cowboys fan, sorry. I just, you know, uh, forgive me as God has forgiven me also. Couldn't help but put that one in. But from that single book, Doss for Dummies, a whole bunch of books were born. Economics, hacking, yoga for dummies, cooking for dummies, blogging, somebody listen up, it's out there, flirting for dummies, wine, body language. How do you write a whole book on body language? Body language for dummies, logic, the Bible for dummies, life for dummies, adulting for dummies. Over 2,000 books have been written since that first one in 1991 for dummies. Over 250 million copies. And get this, $2 billion in sales. Apparently, John Kakillian was not an idiot after all. It was an innovative idea to take information and put it in the simplest forms to help people who knew nothing about certain topics to hopefully get an introductory knowledge where they could become experts. Well, the most sold and most read book of all time, the Bible, actually had a head start on John. Because there's three books in the Bible, familiar with them probably, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, also another one, Job, that really were the wisdom literature of the Bible, written for dummies, people to learn which we really do need to learn this, right? How to live wise in this world that we're living in. Like, does it feel like sometimes you're surrounded by idiots? Like, you look at people and you're like, how do they think that way? How do they do those things? And then you look in the mirror. And you're like, well, I'm kind of like that 
too. And what we want to do this morning is we want to lay a foundation for this series. Because there's a ton of information in the book of Proverbs about wisdom. There's a ton of information about foolishness. And over the rest of this month, you guys are going to dig into specific areas of of your lives where you need to be wise. What I'm going to do this morning is give you four principles, four qualities of idiotic behavior that come clear in the book of Proverbs. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start in chapter one this morning, a lot of scripture this morning. We're going to look at a lot of scripture because there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. But we're going to lay kind of a foundation from Proverbs one of what are the Proverbs for. Then what we're going to do is we're going to build that out and look over the course of the book at four things. I've had a habit the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years where I try to read through or listen to the Bible completely through every year. And there's been a few times that I didn't finish. And the reason I didn't finish was not because I didn't finish, but I got stuck. Well, one of those years is this year because I kind of got stuck in Ecclesiastes, which is a crazy book, but it's really so telling for the world we live in right now. But there's so much wisdom in God's word. So we're gonna just lay it out this morning. So here we go. Proverbs chapter one, verse one. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. So who's Solomon? David's son, right? He was also born out of what? Some of the stupidest decisions in David's life, right? He wasn't born out of the great years. He was born out of some dumb decisions uh, that David made. And as he was born and as he grew, he was born in line for the throne of Israel. And one day God came to him and said, I'm gonna grant you one thing. Probably read it, First Kings chapter three. And of everything he could pick, he said, I want wisdom. I wanna know how to rule right. I wanna know how to live well. Give me wisdom. And out of that wisdom, the Bible says he was the wisest man to ever live. Out of that wisdom came a bunch of axioms and sayings and ultimately Proverbs. Well, what is a proverb? A proverb is a short saying that expresses a general truth. I like this. A short sentence built on long experience. A proverb is taking how life works uh, and being able to succinctly understand it from a principle standpoint. It's God's advice on how life generally works. And I have to say right at the beginning here, these are not the promises of Solomon. And I think that's one of the mistakes we read when we read the book of Proverbs. We think that these are promises, right? Like here's one example. Train up a child in the way that they should go and when they are old, they will not what? Does it always work? No, it's a proverb, not a promise. Proverbs are what is most likely probable to happen. It's the most likely outcome in a scenario. It's generally how life works. So what are the purpose of these Proverbs? Well, verse two says, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. 
So these short sayings are to help you and me and everyone live a just life, a good life, a successful life, a happy life. This book was written to help people do what most people want to do, right? Most people want to live good, happy, joyful lives. Yet they're not really sure how to do it. And then it goes on to say this in verse 4 of Proverbs 1. These, problem, these proverbs will give insight to the simple. So who's that? Knowledge and discernment to the young, the inexperienced. Let the wise listen, so those who are already smart, to the wise, let them listen to the Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So what do we take from the beginning of the book of Proverbs? These are sayings about what will probably happen, wisdom for how life can work successfully and everyone can learn from this book. The simple, those who kind of, are organically doing dumb things, the young who are inexperienced and don't really know how life works, those who have gained life experience can become even wiser. They're for everyone. And as much as this book talks about wisdom, if you've ever read it, it also talks a lot about being foolish. Over 40 times in these 31 chapters, he challenges us not to be foolish. Now, in current times, if we said someone was a fool or foolish, what would we think they were? Silly, right? Ah, oh, they're just being foolish. They're, they're being silly. But in the Bible, the word fool actually has a much stronger connotation. It speaks to more of a stubbornness, a moral deficiency, a proneness to doing really dumb things. So what we want to do is, what are the characters or qualities of idiotic behavior, according to the Proverbs? Number one, and I don't normally do point sermons, but that's the way it worked out this morning. Number one, idiots place trust in themselves. Idiots place trust in themselves. Proverbs chapter 18, verse two, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his or her own opinion. Know anybody like that? where they don't want to get understanding, they don't want to see the other side of the situation, they've got it all figured out, they know what's what, and they're going to let you know by expressing their own opinion. Characteristic number one of an idiot, they only place their trust in themselves. Proverbs 28, verse 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs 3, 3, told you there's gonna be a lot of scripture this morning, right? Proverbs 3, 3, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord 
and turn away from evil. So the opening statement is a bold one from the writer of the Proverbs where he says, foolishness starts in our own heart generally with pride. Whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, am I going to trust that someone is smarter than me? Especially God. Am I going to trust that someone is smarter than me? Especially God. Because again, back to Proverbs 1, if you know anything about Proverbs, what is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So characteristic number one of an idiot is, I've got this all figured out. I know better than anybody else. I can handle this. I don't need anybody's help. Let's consider the most, one of the most famous Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and what? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Number one quality of someone that is not wise, that does idiotic things, is they don't trust in anybody else above themselves. And it's where they make mistakes. Can I just be honest with you? I first gave my heart to Christ February 21st, 1983, so I've hit the 40-year mark. Can I tell you this scripture is harder now as a 40-year-in Christian than it was when I first became a Christian? Why? Because we get sophisticated in our Christianity. We get a lot of experience in being a Christian and what we think we know a Christian's supposed to do. And instead of trusting the Lord with all of our heart, guess what we do? We lean on our understanding. We lean on our experience. We lean on how we have seen things work. And what he says is that is the Fure, the surefire way for a downfall of bad decisions. Pride is a destructive thing. And the first thing you have to ask yourself is, am I really trusting in God above myself? And I'll tell you what, when you really do that in an honest way that pulls away deception and pulls away blind spots, your answer might not look as good as you think it does. We have a propensity to want to trust ourselves, our desires, our instincts over other people, and more importantly, over God. Let me give you an illustration. If you got kids, how many of you know kids when they, went, I mean, got a beautiful eight-month-old baby over here? Just got to see her for the first time this morning. It's a good thing she doesn't look like her dad, you know. So you got to take every blessing in life you can get, right? You know, love you, Michael. Uh, but, I mean, kids are so dependent. They're so trusting. Everything is father, mother, you got me. And then they start to crawl. And like, I don't know about you, but I never sat around and said, dad, dad. 
mama. Oh, let me teach you to say no. I need to teach you to say no. Why? Because they're evil, right? They're just evil in the core of their being, of who they are. And I didn't tell them, you know, lie. Here, let me teach you how to lie. Let me show you how to craft this, right? We don't do that. It's an eight to who they are. And it's kind of funny because it's cute when they're little, right? Like we start to see their little personalities develop and, you know, they start to begin to be who they are and then they become teenagers and it's not cute. We just want to cut them and, you know, pray for me. Mine are in their 20s now, so I guess I'm good. But that trust, that trust, that just utter dependence that they have on us, what happens? It turns to questioning and doubt, outright defiance. And at some point in time as parents, we have to let them go. And if you're a parent, you've been through this because I know that I've been through it. God, don't let them do something stupid. God, don't let them do, I can't control what the, are you with me? God, I can't control what they're gonna do. I've done the best I can. I've laid a foundation. I can't, just God, please don't let them do something stupid. And you know what? I think that's what God feels when he looks at us. That he's just created us for so much beauty and so much joy. Like, do you realize that's why God created us? for the beauty and joy of knowing him and his creation. And I think so many times he's just sitting back and says, don't let them do something stupid. Don't let them do something foolish. Don't let them keep going down a path that is so destructive. The first characteristic of an idiot is when they get to the place in their life where they think they know more than anyone else, including God. I think this is a sneaky one, especially for Christians, because if someone asks us, do you trust God, we would say yes. But then how does that look in our daily life and our decisions? So quality number one, stupid people or idiotic people trust themselves above anything else. Number two, idiots surround themselves with the wrong people. Speaking of my children, you know my number one fear for my kids when they were growing up, this is true, is that they would go out of my house and they would make the wrong friends. Why did that scare me so much? Because I knew the power of pressure. I knew the power of running with the wrong crowd. Because usually when you're around dumb people, you do what? You do dumb things. And the book of Proverbs basically solidifies that reality that idiots surround themselves with the wrong people, that it can happen in our home, it can happen outside of our home. There's countless Proverbs that speak to the influence of parents. And maybe you didn't have the greatest parents. I didn't grow up with what I would call godly or Christian parents. They didn't become Christians till after most of us kids were Christians. Christians, but there was still things that I could learn from them, but there's an importance of making sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 says, pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their, ca- their counsel like a winning crown, like rings 
on your fingers. Like if, listen, if you're a teenager here this morning, if you're adolescent and you got great godly Christian parents, you know what? You should thank God for that every single day of your life. Because there's so many people out there that don't have that. And I know sometimes as teenagers, we don't understand all of that and it doesn't make sense. But guess what? Eventually it does make sense when we get older. And I'm just saying, value that. Value that because stupid people don't value that. And they surround themselves with the wrong people in their lives. And always remember, Proverbs are not about promises and they're not about perfection. They're about what's usually going to happen. More scripture, Proverbs 1 verse 10, dear friend, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. That'd be a good one to put on your kid's lunchbox. It'd be a good thing to put on your lunchbox when you go to work, right? Because there's not just dummies in middle school. There's dummies at every water cooler, right? Dear friend, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. If they say, let's go out and raise some. There you go. Thank you very much. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise will become what? wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. What's the natural result of someone that is companion with a bunch of fools? Harm is inevitable. You can't run with idiots and be smart. Like it's impossible for that to be the outcome. Proverbs 12 verse 15, the fool, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So I got a couple questions for you. Who are your counselors? Who are you walking with? Who's your team? Who are you riding with? Who's your ride and die in today's terms, right? Like where are you getting, where are you getting your counsel from? Where are you getting your insight from? Listen, if it's, Oh, I shouldn't do this, but I'm only here for one week and you'll see me next year sometime probably. <laughs> it shouldn't be Fox and CNN, right? It shouldn't be social media. Like those are a bunch of stupid idiots. Like if you're basing your whole worldview, like seriously, like if you're basing your whole worldview on what the politicians on either side of the aisle are saying or what you're reading on social media everywhere, that's dumb. That's not wise. Because honestly, most of those people, they only have their best interest at heart. They don't care about you. Second trait of an idiot is someone who surrounds themselves with the wrong people. Who is advising you? Who are you taking your cues from? That matters. As much as it does for a five-year-old, it matters for a 50-year-old. It matters. Who's advising you in your life? Number three, idiots don't control their emotions or their responses. Idiots don't control their emotions or their responses. Whenever you're around somebody or whenever you 
do something foolish or dumb, what's a big part of the reason? Generally, it was a rash decision. You made a decision in the moment based on your emotions. It was impulsive. We do this all the time with our words. How many of you have said things in your emotions and in your responses and you wish that you could take it back? You wish that it never came out of your lips because we didn't control the moments. But it's not just our words. We make impulsive, rash decisions with our money. We do it when we're on alcohol. We do it in our decision-making process. How many of you know that we do this with social media all the time? We post things we have no business posting, not just about other people, but about our personal life. Like, idiots, let the filter out. There's no filter for how they look at their life. They don't stop to think and consider how they're, listen, we all have a worldview. If we're Christians, we want to live by the Bible. But many times we allow the Bible to be pushed to the side because we're overruled by the now. What we want, what we feel, what we think, and our emotions. Proverbs 14 says, the simple believes every word, but the prudent man considers well his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A wise person is cautious. A wise person doesn't just make decisions in the moment. They consider the consequences. They consider what six months or a year or two years beyond could be. They're cautious. They just don't do things. They consider the future. Proverbs 15, 14. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on foolishness. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man or woman keeps himself under control. It's foolish to let your emotions dictate your responses because usually when our emotions dictate our responses, it creates havoc in our lives. Here's a good one. This is a great visual created by the Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 12. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Got the picture there? Ever heard the expression mama bear? What's a mama bear do? She wrecks your life if you go near her cubs, right? And the proverb says, better to meet mama bear when you're messing with her kids than a fool in his stupidity. Let that picture sink in that if I let my foolishness take over, the destructiveness that it can bring into our lives. Listen, a fool rarely operates with emotional maturity. They give in to whatever they feel in the moment. And isn't this the mantra of modern society? Just do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you happy. Who cares if it's destructive? And so many people are out there doing foolish things because they're doing stuff in the moment. 
and they're not thinking about the long-term realities of where they really want their life to be. And that leads us to quality number four. Number one, idiots place trust in themselves above everybody else, even God. Idiots surround themselves with the wrong people. Number three, idiots don't care, control their emotions or their responses. And number four, idiots ruin their life and they take no responsibility for it. Idiots ruin their lives and they take no responsibility for it. Proverbs 4, verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't even know what makes them stumble. Proverbs 27, 22, though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain. So basically, if you just totally crushed a fool, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. You see, a fool thinks they know better than God, better than other people. They throw caution to the wind. They're rash, they're reckless, and when their life begins to fall apart, guess what they do? They blame everybody around them for why they're in the spot they're in. Proverbs 19, and they'll continue in their stubbornness, making more bad decisions after bad decisions. Proverbs 19, verse 11. As a dog returns, you want another word picture? Here's another one. Mm -mm -mm. This is a tasty one. As a dog returns to its vomit. I got three dogs and I've seen this take place before and I'm like, you know what? You're not getting another kiss from me for at least a month. I mean, I gotta let that stuff take care of itself first, right? As a dog returns to a vomit, so does a fool in his folly. You know what foolish people do? They just keep going back to the barrel and doing the same stupid things over and over and over and over again. And then they get mad at everybody else. Proverbs 19, verse three. This is a sobering verse. The foolishness of a man twists his way and his heart frets against the Lord. Here's another translation. A man's own folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against God. You know what happens to the fool? They don't save their venom just for the people on a horizontal level. They turn their venom vertically. And this is all God's fault. If God loved me, if God cared about me, God wouldn't have allowed these things to happen. God wouldn't have allowed me to get to this place in my life. But God believes in free will and the ability for us to make our choices. And sometimes like fools, we go back to the same thing over and over and over again. See, the book of Proverbs written thousands of years ago, understands human propensity with stunning clarity. We think we're smarter than anyone, even God. 
we think we can live our lives on our terms, spurning others' insight, that we can be brash and rash and raucous, and we can do whatever we want, going in circles and circles, and we wonder why our lives end up where they do. And then it's everybody else's fault, and it's rinse and repeat, and this is the way of the foolish. It's basically the book of Judges in an individual's life, which if you've ever read the book of Judges or know anything about it, it's the endless cycle of the nation of Israel saying, God, we don't need you. God, rescue us when our life gets turned upside down. When God rescues them, they thank him, and then a little bit while later, they forget what God did and said, forget you, God, and they make a mess again. That's the life, the way, a microcosm of the foolish, idiotic life. And maybe what God's prayer for us and hope for us in this world that we live in today is to, to flip the script. I know it's God's heart that we leave those foolish ways behind. And maybe we can have four qualities that are different than the qualities we just talked about. Maybe we can be people who have ultimate trust in God. Maybe we can be people who surround ourselves with the right people. Maybe we can be people who do control our emotions and our responses in life. Maybe we can be people who find greater joy. Proverbs 3 verse 13 says, happy is the man, happy is the woman who finds wisdom and gets understanding. Proverbs 24 verse 13 I gotta love the word pictures of the book of Proverbs. My son, eat honey. I like honey. I like it on my ribs a lot. My son, sorry. My son, eat honey for it's good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to the taste. Know that wisdom. Know that wisdom, just how honey feels on your tongue. Know that wisdom is such for your soul. Think about that. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. You know, there's a lot of people that are sitting in churches this morning. There's a lot of people out doing whatever. And you know what they're doing? They're hoping their lives could be different. They're hoping their lives were not what they were right now. And there's one way and one reality that that can become possible. And that's when we start leaving our foolish ways, our pride, our arrogance, our stubbornness, our defiance, our desire to do it our way, our propensity to want to be around people who want to do stupid things, our ability to say, you know what? I don't care what happens. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what they think. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And we just rinse and repeat. There's got to be a better way. There's got to. And it's the word of God. It's the transforming power of his word and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the surrender of our hearts to his wisdom. I love the first song, and I, I haven't heard that song. If I'm not dead, what the, how's it go? You're not done. If I'm not dead, I'm not done. Somebody here probably needs to embrace that reality because you're at a dead end this morning and you feel like you're done. But if you're willing to humble yourself, Proverbs 4, 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get it, though it costs you all you have. You know what? Chasing God might cost you those friends that you think really care about you. Can I tell you what? They don't. They're just glad they don't have to be miserable alone. 
Get wisdom. Get different influencers in your life. Proverbs 16, 16. To get wisdom is better than gold. We got a whole bunch of people in this world today just saying, if I could just get rich. And in their pursuit of getting rich, they're destroying their lives. There's a different kind of gold that's available. It's to get understanding. It's better than getting silver or gold. Proverbs 4, verse 8 and 9. Cherish her. Wisdom. Cherish her. And she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Proverbs 23, and I'm done. Listen, my son. Listen, my daughter. Be wise and keep your heart on the right path. Listen, wisdom is not a quick fix. Wisdom is not a one-time fix. See, cars have problems that can be fixed. Appliances have problems that can be fixed. Computers, lawnmowers. But generally speaking, people have directions that need changed. Directions. And the only way you start to change your direction in life is by starting to make different decisions. Decisions that are not based in foolishness, but decisions that are based in wisdom. And the only place to get true wisdom that stands the test of time that cannot be shaken is in the word of God. The unerring, unending truth that was spoken and known before we were even alive. That's what makes good lives. Nothing else but that alone. And my challenge to myself, my challenge to you, to all of us, is that in this month, we'll open our hearts to wisdom. We'll open up God to get deep inside of who we are. Listen, we got blind spots. The heart, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We have blind spots. We have deception that's leading us to outcomes we don't want, but we keep getting in the same place. There needs to be a surrender to wisdom. Father, this morning as we launch this series, we humble ourselves before your word. God, you are smarter than me. Any time I've ever thought in the moment I was smarter than you, it always turned out bad. God, this morning all across this room, and for those that are listening online today, I pray today would be a day of surrender, that we would say, I'm gonna build my life on God's truth, no longer my truth, no longer my crowd, you, God. I want to be wise in your eyes. God, have your way, not just today, but really do directional change. Do directional change by the power of your Holy Spirit. This month, I pray. Let's stand together this morning.
This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 